Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Khadija Ali Coleman. I'm co-founder of Black Family Home Educators and Scholars, and we're so happy for you. Um, we're so happy that you chose to join us for our inaugural teach-in. I am pleased um, to introduce to you our next speaker. Uh, this guest is someone who I can say um, was very influential in me um, receiving my doctorate because her uh, pivotal work was included um, in my literature review for my dissertation. Um, just so you know, there are very few researchers um, who are currently actually focusing on Black homeschool families. And so when in embarking on my research, I really had um, a short list to work with. And the, the list um, included our, our current guest who her work, and I shared with her with this, mm, I shared this with her earlier, that in the academic field, we are taught to write from a very, um, almost emotionalist, very impersonal perspective, which is, is makes sense um, to avoid bias. But even in not um, having bias in her work, she writes with a particular care where I got goose pimples just reading it, um, the stories with the families that she interviewed. And so um, to have a scholar part of our teaching, I think, allows those of us who are engaged in homeschooling practice to um, get a perspective and understand how impactful our work is um, as homeschooling educators, as homeschooling families and parents. And so without further ado, I would like to introduce to you um, Dr. Leah Baker, and I would love for her to um, give some more context um, to her work and to who she is and to why she um, is with us today. So I'm turning it over to you, Dr. Baker. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Khadija, for having me. I am so excited to be uh, here today. Very excited to be a part of this wonderful um, opportunity and adventure and process and journey. Um, I'm very much looking forward to a lot of the critical conversations that come out of this. So thank you for having me. And so considering the research where I was able to explore back, um, back now, six years ago now, really starting to look at Black family um, homeschooling, the, the homeschooling movement and calling it uh, Black family pedagogies, I looked at the surrounding decisions, the surrounding pedagogical decisions uh, that were influencing a parent's, a parental um, discretionary decisions to homeschool their K-12 children. And so a central tenet of my research became that despite reconceptions of race in science and biology, considering where we've come from uh, 400 plus years ago and considering the, the uh, progressive movements that we've had considering the civil rights movement, we were still heavily influenced and perpetuating racial tensions, race-related concerns in places like school systems, really heavily inundated with the social processes that were the products of these racial tensions that existed 400 years ago. And so as a response to these race-related concerns in the public school system, that I myself saw as, a, as an African-American teacher at the time, not yet a parent, I then became a parent as a doctoral student. It became really apparent to me 
that black parents are choosing not to enroll their children in traditional schools by way of uh, perhaps there was this question, there was this underlying tension um, of, of perhaps asking or addressing, are we choosing homeschooling as a way of racial protectionism? So, um, and thank you so much for those kind words. Um, you, give me, you give me goosebumps just hearing it. It's always just that um, wonderful reaffirmation that, that uh, there was a moment where perhaps um, I did something right, that there was a need, right? There's a need for this research um, and the, the need continues. And we further that, those agendas because we have opportunities to do so. And so uh, just thinking about current cultural and educational practices, uh, having come from a K-12 background myself, I taught first grade, I taught second grade, I taught fourth grade. During times when um, it was a lot of politics in fourth grade, it was a lot of the no child left behind language, um, embedded in curriculum and instruction in schools that were often oppressive and isolating from mar marginalized populations of children. Um, and so uh, looking at understanding the experiences of students of color, understanding groups of people who are on the margins of power, coming from really uh, progressive communities, understanding social activism from my own personal and professional upbringing, um, those were some of the moments where uh, I think that's what you're, you're describing in terms of my research really uh, being inculcated in who I am as a person. And that sort of just showed up. It shows up in the research that I do. It shows up in the, the conversations that I have across the board when it comes to educational practice and policy. And so there's that, that big picture. There's that, that moment to take a, a, a shot at looking at something really, um, uh, 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 an attempt to desegregate the data, right? To look at all of these different um, data points, to look at a really big picture perspective and place a small piece of a much larger picture in hopes that I can help in the project of understanding the influences of race and culture on educational achievement. And what better way to do that than to focus on those who have taken that by any means necessary approach because of the love and the commitment and the social justice perspective and the approach embedded in the home. And so when home becomes that pedagogy, right? When the love that grows out of what we want best for our children by way of having been marginalized and oppressed for hundreds of years, that lives in a pedagogy, that lives in a, in a person's particular psychological, emotional thinking, a developing system of thinking about how we might do something different. And so the intended outcome of the research is to help educators, all, all by any means necessary, all educators, um, however you fit that description, better understand homeschooling as a social movement to provide a framework for reaching the increasingly diverse needs of the students that we have in our classrooms and to identify pedagogical practices that produce widespread higher student achievement for all of our students. And who better to learn from than parents who have taken such a revolutionary approach to looking at, at thinking about um, um, uh, liberation, education as liberating, as innovative, um, as transformative. So I'll stop there.
That, that was beautiful. So now I understand why your writing is so beautiful because <laughs> this passion that you speak of um, regarding the topic and this practice, um, I felt it. I felt the goosebumps again. <laughs> so you you definitely write as you speak and very much appreciate it. And I'm, you know, one of my other hats that I wear, I'm a performing artist. And so I really am enlivened by people who are able to share and very um, easily share their their enthusiasm and their passion for what they speak of. And so thank you so much for bringing You know, I have so many questions because... Um, <laughs> But that's another conversation that we'll have. <laughs> but I appreciated that you broke down the term pedagogies because when we even talk about that, you know, and, and for many homeschooling parents, particularly those who may who are already starting with trepidation that they may not be um, educated enough to en embark on homeschooling, um, there's sometimes the language that we as scholars could use tend to use that could be very disarming like okay what are you talking about so i really appreciate it that you broke down um what a pedagogy is because the reality is is that many black um parents who are homeschooling are engaging in pedagog pedagogical work and they don't realize it that they are <laughs> developing pedagogies as they go along the bare the the basic concept of homeschooling with it being so open and really being flexible to um conform to your family's needs yes in that in itself means that you are developing a pedagogy indeed absolutely right and and, and i i tend I, I use that word um often with colleagues but um i'm starting to continue to use the word practice because okay. you know when we talk about a medical practice or a law practice um you know it's a certain type of um, luster it gives, a, a professionalism or seriousness that it gives. And I, I engage now with homeschooling families and parent mothers in particular with, you know, let's talk about your homeschool practice for them to realize the power um, that they have and that they are bestow bestowing on their children. So Absolutely. thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And so this leads me to my question then, um, what do you, based on your research and your understanding um, of, of this culture, of this community that really is a bunch of communities within a community, what do you believe um, Black families who are homeschooling, what do you believe that they need more of in order to embark on this homeschooling practice? You know, Khadija, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, and in this conversation, what has um, really surfaced, um, which surfaces quite a bit, is the notion of, or the sense of, um, of fidelity, the sense of efficacy, the feeling that, that we as a homeschooled family can do this um, by way of or um, in lieu of a particular degree or certification. And so when you think about what happens in um, a profession. There's a certain level of um, require, degree requirements and, and standards, etc. And that's all necessary, yes, uh, to a certain degree with regard for um, work employment, um, obtaining a, a particular um, position in, a, in a, an, employee, an employer's um, 
fr franchise, but I think about all of the conversations that I've had with homeschooling parents who've taken this on, who've taken this initiative, and I think about the social and emotional constraints and, and the confinements that they live within, um, uh, as opposed to feeling sort of that confidence of being able to do that. And so one of the questions that um, you bring up, which is a very uh, timely and fitting question is, uh, what are the barriers to access to homeschooling? And oftentimes that barrier becomes parents feeling um, like they can't do this, um, like they, that, that they're not, um, there's an inability to do it for lots of different reasons. There are a lot of, of uh, economic barriers. Um, homeschooling in this country, because of the historical connections, uh, because of the racial connections, is it really lives in a class-based phenomenon. And so a lot of parents struggle with the decision-making process that is attached to homeschooling because that looks quite different from family to family. And so those are some of the barriers that exist. But one of the things that I'd love to leave parents with is, is while um, we've learned a lot from this pandemic, from this worldwide pandemic that, well, we know we need teachers. We know that we enjoy and we really value a profession and we do need to look at that profession a little different. We also can learn quite a bit from the deep investment in education of these homeschooled children, right? Homeschooling families have a lot to offer with regard for the depth of knowledge and experience and uh, providing a best scenario for academic success. It becomes a really wonderful model that, that teachers and administrators and, and professionals around the world can really borrow from. Um, and so taking into consideration those kinds of ways that we can even further improve school systems. Um, how we do school in the United States can really be enhanced by way of learning from homeschooling families. Um, in my uh, research, I, I, I borrow from uh, what Martin Haberman has talked about in terms of star teachers. He talks about star teachers in the public and private uh, industry. But I'd like to label homeschool moms and dads and grandparents as exemplary star teachers as well, um, because we can learn from the process and the decision making involved in doing that. And I could hope that public and traditional schools will realize that a non-standard, you know, uniquely individualized approach and a deep investment in the lives and education of our children is necessary for those academic, social, cognitive, physical, psychological, all those domains of, su of success. And I think it's critical to understand that perhaps we can do a little bit of deconstructing those standardized tools of measurement um, in our country and our social systems Whereas we do allow for um, some bureaucracy and some spaces such as school systems, homeschool parents, homeschoolers um, really benefit and, um, and uh, exhibit lots of exemplary um, teaching practices that we can learn from. And so the barriers to access is really understanding and embracing all of those wonderful enriching opportunities to learn from our star teachers who we call homeschool moms and who we call homeschool dads. And so it's really important to note um, that, that what they do, what we do as homeschool parents, as a homeschool community matters, um, not just within our homeschool coalitions or homeschool communities, but to the rest of the world. It's, it's a model to learn from. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you you saying that. Um, and I, I caught you saying um, when we homeschooled, are you, are you a homeschooling parent? I did a hybrid approach. And, it's so, and so I do include myself sometimes. I actually am only able, it's so funny, part of the research talks about this. Um, you really find yourself um, maybe going through this journey in and out of the process at different times, right? And so when my children were really young, they were uh, 100% at home, but then they got a little older and I'm able to do some of the things outside of the home because then I found a really wonderful place that, that, that sort of um, embraces some of the things that we really value as a family. And so there's the seamless transition of homeschool connection. So it varies from family to family. But I think, um, I think in, the, in the regard of knowing that your children, that home is oftentimes a place of learning anyway, that children will learn a lot of their um, cultural beliefs, their, their systems of, of thinking, their habits of mind from home. Um, that we can all kind of borrow from and expect that home will be, be one of the wonderful ways or one of the wonderful spaces that, that children will learn uh, regardless. Thank you for that. that that's awesome. a great way of looking at it. I know that um, another speaker um, talked about how she, at, at some point, it was this hybrid that you speak of. And so when she did um, when she was in a traditional school setting, her mother still um, refer. She referred to um, the traditional school setting as the Mickey Mouse school. <laughs> but you know who your real teacher is. <laughs> so it was still curriculum and, and and learning taking place, like in you know. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I'd, I'd like that you brought that up, and so I thank you so much um, for being with us and. For those who are watching, all of the information, there's going to be links to Dr. Baker's research, um, as well as I'm going to see if she can give me any more links to, um, to things that she finds um, useful for you to know, um, and that has informed her study of the subject, but also just um, to her website and any information that she has for you to contact her um, for further information. Thank you so much, Dr. Baker, for being with us. Um, it was a pleasure. And oh, thanks. such a pleasure on my part as well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, wonderful. And for those of you tuned in, thank you for joining us for this session um, in the teaching. Um, please, please um, make sure that you're checking out um, other speakers in the teaching. And um, as a reminder, on Friday, Jul July 24th, we'll be convening um, for our breakout sessions to begin discussing some of the topics that have emerged once you um, review the resources that we've shared with you over the course of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day.